0: Welcome to Slow and Steady, the podcast where you get to follow along as we build products in public. Each week we'll give you an honest peek into our lives as we share our struggles, our wins, and everything in between. I'm Benedict and I'm feeling happy.
1: And I'm Benedicta. Today is June 26th. This is episode number 183, and I'm feeling frazzled. Oof! But let's start with you. That's such a much better feeling. <laughs> You're happy.
0: Yes, I'm happy. Uh I got married last Friday.
1: (laughs) Totally out of the blue for me, but maybe not totally out of the blue for you.
0: No, not totally out of the blue for me. I kind of knew it was coming. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) But it was like, it wasn't nothing big, like no, no fancy wedding, no, nothing just, um, just the two of us getting married, no guests, no, 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 nobody. Just a photographer and um, someone from the city council. So, yeah, pretty, pretty small and relaxed, and we enjoyed it that way. But cool. it's been a long time coming.
1: Still a major I, life update.
0: Major life update, but uh, I think I talked about this on the podcast in twenty, late twenty 2020 twenty or twenty twenty one early 2021 that I got engaged and it took us like two and a half years to actually get married.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that happens a lot. Like I have friends who have been engaged for like years. I'm going to a wedding this summer, I guess in two weeks. I haven't been to a wedding in years and they got engaged, but then suddenly had two kids. So it's like taken them five years, six years, something like that to kind of get to the stage of getting yeah. a marriage, like getting a, not a getting a marriage getting a wed- wed- wedding up and going
0: yes yes yeah i mean it, we didn't have kids but there was a pandemic so that didn't help and then, <laughs> um we always like we always assumed you want to have like a, a big wedding like with, with, with people and well not a big wedding but like at least have guests over and stuff like that you um, but and then first we couldn't do it because COVID, obviously and then once that was kind of ebbing down, it just felt so overwhelming to plan anything of that size that eventually we decided to well, fuck it, let's just <laughs> <laughs> let's just do it without anyone there, and that that's what we ended up doing. And I I think this was a, the right choice.
1: <laughs> well, I'm really happy for you. Thank you. Yeah, and you looked very cute.
0: I got a photo.
1: <laughs> For those who who's wondering,
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm looking forward to see the the actual photographer photographers' photos uh, because we had a, like because we didn't have any guests and stuff like that. We had a lot of time to take photos, <laughs>
1: <laughs> so it was basically a photo shoot. It,
0: it was basically a photo shoot. Yes, <laughs> that was what most of the day was about. And then we had a nice dinner yeah, in, uh, in in the evening, um, went to our favorite vegetarian restaurant and. Um, haven't been there in years and it was so good. We should definitely go back there more often.
1: (laughs) Yes. More fun and celebration in everyday life. Yes. Yes. Totally. It's just more of everyday life than anything else.
0: Absolutely. Why are you feeling frazzled? I
1: don't know. There's so many unclosed projects. I started too much. And now I need to like wrap them all up.
0: Mm, I see. Yeah, that's yes. that's always my problem. That used to be my problem, <laughs> like saying yes to a lot of things and then feeling yes. so overwhelmed and then basically having to, to, to make sure I finish them all in time and uh, in some order. Yes. And, and then I'm like, I'm never going to say yes right to now. anything. And then uh, once you get back to like a reasonable amount of projects, you start saying yes to stuff again. <laughs>
1: yes that's all I- <laughs> yes <laughs> um also i just need to realize that life happens but then again like this semester or with half year because i just saw your note that it were like half of the year is done which is insane yes. um but like i managed to have a concussion and like two bouts were, like pretty you know we had um stomach bug and then we had the um some kind of flu um, and then saying yes to all that traveling, which was a lot of fun, but it's all left me a little frazzled because everything has gotten pushed out a little bit more than I'd like to, even though I do like crunch time, it's just a little, yes, I'm just a little frazzled, but this happens and I know I just need to make action on things. And then I feel much better again. Um, So yeah, it is what it is like you know, what the meditation people say. It's like, just, you're frazzled. You'll just have to, like, let that feeling be there and just do your things anyway.
0: Just accept it and then push through.
1: (laughs) Just accept it. I kind of crashed this weekend, actually. I was going to do some work because Lilin was gone and I kind of just crashed on the couch watching television series. Um, But I think it was needed.
0: Sometimes that's what you need to do Uh, to be more productive follow because i
1: woke up at five this morning and i was like yes like <laughs> let's do it <laughs> let's do it and i've had a fun day like a relax not such a frazzled day like i just i'm going to do this project and i did like a video script that's fully done and then i can um, record tomorrow and then tonight i'll do some of the admin stuff um and it's summer and like energy is good in that way so i think i'll manage to get through these things but Yes, no more concussions that's all i say that's i don't want any more concussions
0: yeah i i yeah wouldn't recommend those not a good idea no
1: (laughs) because those kind of linger (laughs) Crunch, crunch time is harder when you can't like look at a screen for as long as you're used to without getting some sort of Um, headache but also on the fun side we went to react norway again this year and i am so happy i paid my way in because on top of everything that's happened i would not have gotten a talk together like that would just not have happened um but we met a lot of friends from last year and just kind of generally had like a chill out day which was very nice um and i've gotten a car for the summer because of um some you know with my mother's health i need to be able to go back and forth between countries so i uh, got a car so we got to ride that down there um and now i'm just very scared i'm gonna become dependent on this car because it's pretty (laughs) nice
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah that happens
1: (laughs) that happens so i'm gonna try just like it's a summer luxury um it's like one of these like long like semi-long term rental deals. Mm. But well, back to good. business.
0: Then yeah. at least there's a, an end date on it, right?
1: <laughs> well, you know, it can be extended indefinitely. It can,
0: <laughs> it can be, but it doesn't have to be, right? Like when you buy it doesn't one, have to be. it's there.
1: <laughs> and it's only got like it was a 50% off for the first three months for this specific model so that is only for three months and after that like it's double the price so that kind of right. gives That's, us a deadline, that, right. yeah
0: that that helps a little bit
1: <laughs> that helps a little bit so but what's been up with business
0: yeah um kept it a little bit slow last week to be honest because i didn't want any major problems on friday when we got married um so we didn't ship anything but there's been work happening and uh, we made some progress um, specifically, um, we had one of those things happen a couple of weeks ago and we were like, yeah, um, we should add more like validation error messages when people try to save messages and stuff like that. And you're like, oh, it should, sounds easy enough. Let's just like add it to the UI and, uh, that's it. Yeah. It turns out adding it to the UI was the easy thing. But then actually surfacing the the validation errors on the backend side of things was a little bit harder. So I spent um, almost a week refactoring how we render messages on the server side so we can actually run those validations uh, before we actually... Were you kind of
1: just swallowing the error message and just saying like a general validation error or what was happening to the messages?
0: Um, That's like the stuff we are now added to be validated would not be executed until we actually sent a message um, oh. so <laughs> we we previously were just checking like is the is the subject like there is the message body there and stuff like that um, but we also added stuff like are there embedded images in there are there is the liquid uh, syntax correct and stuff like that and those errors wouldn't be surfaced until we actually... We actually render stuff, so we had to to re to refactor how we actually render messages and have a way to do this, like during save, I guess, like when we save uh, the, the 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 broadcast or the um, the campaign, um, and that turned out to be a bigger refactoring. Like it took it took quite a while. I I feel like we have a good model now and um, a good implementation that's better than what you had before. Uh, but uh, the biggest part of this was like just surfacing those errors and getting those errors as an API response. Um, yeah, so that's there. It's not deployed yet, um, but I'm going to deploy it this week. Um, as I said, like didn't want to, to roll this out last week for, <laughs> for reasons. Um, and then I also finally got back into... That other refactoring I've been talking about, with um, where we unify all our triggers into just one implementation, and instead of like ten or twenty, I don't know how many it's these days, I made some significant progress on that. It's still not done, but the the general ideas I had seem to be working out, and um, yeah, it's it's exciting because it it removes a lot of code and a lot of complexity. <laughs> Um, and that's always, that's always my jam. Um, and then one interesting thing I discovered, or like, I don't know, it's kind of obvious in hindsight, but what I did differently this time was, um, the unified triggers, sure it's kind of a refactoring, but it's also kind of a new feature. Um, and to make this possible, I had to refactor a lot of existing code and and re-architect how we do certain things. And previously, I would basically create a branch, do my work, refactoring work there, add the new feature, then open a pull request, and then merge it into into the main branch. Um, But the problem with that is usually um, that the pull request gets insanely large because (laughs) it's the refactoring plus the new feature. And Mm -hmm. uh, while it's still just me reviewing code on the backend, like I'm I'm reviewing my own code, it especially as the project takes longer and over a couple of weeks, it's near impossible to follow what I was doing and what actually is a change that is a refactoring and what's a new feature. So what I did this time is um, started doing the work on a branch, as usual, also pushed it and I created a draft pull request. But then instead of merging the entire thing, I started new branches based off that branch and pulled Mm -hmm. out the refactorings and then um, just opened pull requests for just the refactorings. And then it's super clear, like, what's going on. So we had pull requests that just changed existing implementations without adding new features and without changing behavior. And those were obviously a lot smaller and, like, just focused on one thing. And as you merge those refactoring branches, the original... Uh, pull request with like the feature and refactoring, like the diff gets smaller and smaller and smaller. <laughs> and at some point, it's just that new feature. Um, mm-hmm. And it's so much nicer. Like it's so much easier to reason about. And now I can actually look at that feature branch and realize and it's, a feature. it's a feature. It's just that new functionality. Um, and it's so so much easier oh, okay. to review. It's less oh, okay. files changed and all of that. And it's one of, as I said, like obvious in hindsight, but i I will be doing this a lot more in the future because it's so much better.
1: you have to be pretty disciplined and you have to kind of know where you want to go
0: i I don't know. I wouldn't say mm. that because um those those refactories can still happen incrementally, right? Like mm-hmm. I know that the feature branch still isn't quite there where I want it to be. Mm. But I know that the changes I made like and the changes I already merged at the Mm -hmm. refactorings, those definitely made the code, like the existing code better, even though they Mm -hmm. don't include a new feature. Um, So I feel like I might be doing this a couple more times with that existing branch, just like adjusting to what I've learned. But um, yeah, merging the, the refactorings along the way.
1: Mm-hmm. Did you merge them both to the feature branch and to the main branch then? Or how did you do it, like, specifically? I basically did the
0: refactorings on the feature branch and then mm-hmm. created a new branch and cherry-picked the feature, like, the refactoring commits mm-hmm. out of the feature branch and then merged that that branch separately. Does it make sense?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Basically, yeah, kinda. S- still working on the code, like, all together and, like, doing the refactorings yeah. and the feature in the same place, but mm-hmm. then... Just pulling those refactoring commits out of it and, and merging them separately
1: I think there is with semantic release they have um a description of like a similar thing where you have a, a longer living feature branch, and then you kind of do um when you do updates, you merge that both to main and then to your feature branch. I think like they have a description um, of a way of doing that and still getting their like automatic um release versioning.
0: Mm-hmm. So Sounds somebody wants to. Similarish, yeah.
1: Yeah. Somebody wants to look up uh like a diagram or a description of how <laughs> one can can think about these things. Yeah. Um but I've had some issues with like GitHub not updating. Are you using GitHub? Yes. I guess because you're cherry picking them from the feature branch what was my issue? Like I did some rebasing or something and like the diff didn't update. (laughs) Where like the diff in the pull request didn't update. It was still like the original diff, even though things had changed.
0: Right. I think Um, what I know... Yeah, go ahead.
1: Yeah. What I noticed was was
0: was that if you just push change to the main branch, Mm -hmm. the diff in the pull request doesn't necessarily update. So I think it only updates when you push to the... To the, the, the pull request branch, um,
1: ah, so it doesn't trigger any new jobs to like do a comparison. Then, if yeah. you just do things on there,
0: because yes. that was
1: super annoying to me because I did, you know, I did a change to the main that I'd also done in the in my in my whatever branch, and then I realized, like you, like oh, this should just happen anyways. Like this should not be a part of of this feature branch. Or fixed branch or whatever it was. And then I pushed it to main, and then the diff was still like all the changes. And I was like, this yeah. is not helpful. Yeah.
0: I guess it maybe- updates eventually, but it, it takes it either takes a while or it doesn't do it automatically. I
1: Yeah, it feels like an edge yeah. case with GitHub where they kind of like don't catch that or something. I don't know. Yeah.
0: Some also sort I of guess case. They probably don't want to recompute the uh, the pull request every single time a change happens on main. I don't know.
1: Probably, probably something like that. They should have a little trigger, though, like a little button that you could be like,
0: right? Yeah, that 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 be helpful. <laughs> please, <laughs> T- please, and refresh then it. also,
1: as you said, you know, I also always review my own branches or my own pull requests, and I still have not gotten this from GitHub. I should tweet it again but I want to be able to set myself as a reviewer and have be like in a reviewer role. Cause there are things you're not allowed to do when you're reviewing your own code. Like if oh, you are the person, if you are the person who created the pull request, you can't like write a review, like make a review of the pull request, like another person would, mm. which is super annoying. Uh, Cause they assume another person, you know, but I, you know, I'm two different people. You're like, you know, you're, Benedict Deve- the coder, and then yeah. I'm like Benedict the reviewer. And if you at least give it 24 hours, those are completely different people who <laughs> need a completely different feature set from GitHub. Um, yes. So I'm going to resurface that tweet because I keep, and people are like, but why? I'm like, because I want to get into the reviewer mindset and be able to just comment. On lines and be like, "Hey, you should do this, you should fix this so that I can actually see that those things get resolved when I resolve them, yeah, like split personality type thing,
0: totally, yeah, that's I usually don't comment on my own like pull requests, but mm-hmm. um, I do this so often where I don't just like push changes then open up the div and then go through it file by file on GitHub and just like look for stuff that feels off." And um then I either try to fix it right away or at least like make a note somewhere to to look into this. And it's mm-hmm. so it's so helpful because I don't know, while writing code, it looks different than while reviewing it.
1: <laughs> yeah. And it's and it's also just because of that different interface, it gives you kind of a different mindset. Like, okay, now I'm in review mode, it kind of just triggers yeah. a different way of looking at the code, like you're saying. Um, and for me with multiple projects, like something at times I can do a review on my own code and see that I need to make changes and I can't make them right away. And I want to be yeah. able to log them in a similar way as if you had done a review, or maybe I'm waiting for somebody else's review, but I'm seeing like, oh, I see this issue. Like, let me just document that right away instead of instead of the other reviewer having to document it, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. So I still think GitHub, GitHub. Listen to me. (laughs) (laughs) I need to be able to give myself a review.
0: Yes, totally. Yeah, that that yeah, that would be useful indeed.
1: Otherwise I have to log in as like the (laughs) other
0: Yeah, correctly create two separate (laughs) user accounts, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Ray the reviewer and then just Ray. Uh, Anywho, i don't need any more accounts anywhere that's for sure true 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 i do have a ray dev and a ray cloud in their ray and maybe some other ray i don't know i don't know it's already getting out of hand it's getting out of hand because some companies like they want you to have like a separate um github account that that don't have access to other things. I mean, it makes sense. Like if you're going to get access, there is security policies. I, I, I don't fight those kinds of things, but on the topic of GitHub, I am planning to open or create an et GitHub organization because we have been getting some, some requests, not a request. Um, a user has just made typings for us, Mm. like typescript typings for the script. And I'm like, Yes, (laughs) Yes, <laughs> but then also like, we should probably have somewhere to, to host community initiatives and stuff like that. So I'm going to open a Natsada GitHub organization and see if we can't get the, that repo, repo started there and then also see when I create, because I'm working on the framer integration, that kind of the integrations we're making could be open source as well because there are so many tools that we could integrate with. And I think more eyes on that could be interesting. And also people are willing to contribute. So that will be an exciting chapter to see if people are willing and how to manage that and all that. Do you have anything like that for user list?
0: Yes. Yeah. Basically, since day one, we we created a GitHub organization very early on. Because like, all our our integration libraries are on there. And And just a few yes public yeah um because the code is on on ruby gems and uh packages and 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 npm anyways like didn't make Mm -hmm. sense to keep them private and also this way we get sometimes we get contributions not a lot but sometimes it happens um and it's just i mean why not why not keep it there then a few weeks ago we actually migrated uh the user list, uh, private repositories to the organization as well, because they have been on my personal account for the longest time.
1: (laughs) So the Outseta code is on Bitbucket, but I'm not creating a public organization on Bitbucket for people (laughs) to contribute to. (laughs) So we are using version control, like, you know, but we're just not on GitHub. So yeah, that doesn't have to be GitHub,
0: right? It doesn't have to be
1: GitHub, but I think like, At this point in time, GitHub is where you want to be if you do want people to contribute. It does make it easier. And especially for beginners, I think if, you know, what they learn often in the beginning is GitHub. And if you are looking at any tutorials on how to contribute to open source, then I will think all of the examples are from the GitHub user interface. So it just makes sense to, to be there because, yeah, I... For for many, and it took me a while, and it takes uh, beginners a while, I think, to kind of understand the difference between GitHub and Git. So yeah, yeah. In the beginning, let's just pretend there are none and let them use what they're you know let them use. <laughs> let's just
0: pretend to. it's the same thing. Yes. <laughs>
1: let's just pretend it's the same thing. But now I'm using so I is on Git Bitbucket, and then the bank is on GitLab, and then my life is on GitHub. So I'm using all of the clients.
0: Yeah, yeah. Is it all Git though?
1: It's all Git. Yeah.
0: Okay, that's at least something. Could be. Oh yeah. I don't know some some of the others.
1: <laughs> oh, it's been a while since I've seen SVN.
0: Yes, luckily it's been a while. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's been a while. It's been a minute. Uh, no, but the weird thing is in GitLab they call it merge request instead of pull request, which. You know and the way we're using it today makes more sense um but it just gets me so confused when people are talking about these missus i i'm like what mr what are you <laughs> like what? like i have to do that mental gymnastic every time to be like oh pr okay pr um and also to then write mr instead of pr in communications with people and stuff um but yeah
0: yeah makes sense
1: I'm wondering if GitHub ever will change from pull request to merge request. Do you think so?
0: I don't. No. I don't know. I don't think so. No. Uh, yeah, it's like yeah. a brand name. But at this point, right? I mean, why would they change it? They I guess they the are term. the
1: ones who started. Yeah, they coined the term. That's true. That's true. Because I see every now and then people are like, "Why is it called a pull request? I want to merge something." And then yeah. I'm like helpful in the comments. I'm like, it <laughs> used to be <laughs> that you said, pretty please, could you pull my changes? <laughs> <laughs> you know, godlike maintainer, could you please do that? But these days it's it's more of a, could I please merge my changes <laughs> into your repository?
0: Yeah, right, right. I still, like now that I think about it, I still remember the days of GitHub without pull requests. Like when pull requests, it was, it was basically at the beginning of my professional career. I remember like one of my job interviews. I sat there talking to the. It might be even that very day. I feel like I, I, did, it was one of the longest interviews. I was there, in in Switzerland, in in Zurich, and I was interviewing with them for two days. Mm. And I feel like, on that that first day at. At night, I read the announcement of like the first pull request version, um, and I vaguely remember talking about it uh, about about it uh, with one of the developers at the company I was interviewing with about like oh how how this changes everything and stuff like that. <laughs> so yeah, it's been a while. <laughs> it's
1: been a while. it's been yeah it's been a it's been a while. I helped somebody at the bank job changed things with women the terminal the other day. Ooh. And I felt very powerful <laughs> and old. Um <laughs> but I was like, oh you can just do, you know, I can do I can barely get by with them. Like I can open, I can change, I can save.
0: A- and you can close day. it, right? So
1: I can close it.
0: That's I already I only know more one than way to close it. 99.9% of all people out yes. there. <laughs>
1: yes um but it came in handy and i got to help somebody just in the exact same way a senior helped me do the exact same thing <laughs> 15 years ago open the ssh config change something and cl- save and close it again yeah we yeah. even did sudo which you know Ooh, yeah like
0: i was nice. like oh my
1: god i have you know, progressed or whatever. Things like I have learned things the last fifteen years.
0: Yes, and that the, the fun thing is always like people are like, "Oh, you know so much stuff," and uh, how do you like learn this? And I'm like, that's just like the long list of things I stumbled across and failed to know. <laughs> because at some point, I had to figure out all of this as well. So it's not like I magically. Uh, gained the knowledge, it was usually hard-earned.
1: <laughs> yes, and some things like that, it's not like you learned it in a course or anything either. No. Like when no. I wanted to learn React, like I found the course, I did some courses and I was like, okay, now I understand React. And then I took with me all the knowledge from other, you know, other frameworks and other things into that. But when it comes to like opening a file in Vim, it's like somebody showed me once and those are the three commands I know how to do. And I've never sat down to learn anything more because you just have to, at some point you have to just put a boundaries of where you're going to go down rabbit holes. And that's yeah. a rabbit hole. I didn't want to go down. Um, but my friend, Monica of a film age, she still codes in them, which is a whole different level. It yes. just makes me in awe.
0: Me too. Me too. I think. Yeah. yeah. I, it's like, it's one of those rabbit holes. I like, repeatedly look at, Uh, admittedly, these days, not as much as previously, but that's a rabbit hole I'd love to be familiar with. But it never happened. Like I I tried a couple of times. But in the end, I feel like moving the mouse pointer around is fast enough for most of my stuff.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I think it's a little bit like changing a keyboard. Like you can definitely get faster on the different keyboard but do you have the time to be yeah. slow for a couple of months or however long it takes?
0: I feel like to- my brain's well, maybe- not fast enough for f- typing faster. Like I'm not entirely sure I'd g- I gain anything from being able to change true. code faster because usually most of the time is spent thinking about it anyways. Like I, yeah, yeah. I don't know.
1: You could say the same thing with the mouse. So I'm going to close out with this because we can end it. Uh, But but I read in university, I read a study. This was in user interface interaction that people who use keyboard shortcuts often feel like they spend less time doing something because they engage their whole brain compared to using the mouse. But when actually timed, they often don't use less time.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. So, I feel like that's a similar similar idea, yeah.
1: Yeah. But I think if you get fast enough, it's faster. But like, you know, yes. regular use cases, they found that it's not faster, it just feels faster because you're engaging more of your brain. So Yeah. That is a pointless <clears throat> knowledge that I have in my brain <sighs> that I got to share with everyone.
0: Actually quite interesting.
1: <laughs> but why is it taking up space? No, I'm just kidding.
0: Could be worse. Together could be with- <laughs> Simpsons quotes or something like that.
1: <laughs> I guess it could. I guess it could. I know no Simpsons quotes.
0: So. <laughs> Me neither. <laughs>
1: um, see you around. No
0: judgment, no, like listener. No judgment. No judgment. judgment, no, judgment
1: no judgment. I do know songs that nobody should know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> cool. Well, <laughs> yes. I guess then the, the last thing to say is, um, and dear listener, listening, you might have noticed, we are kind of using, like switching to a two week schedule by now. Like there will not be an episode next week. Uh, so talk to you in two weeks, I guess. And see you right now.